I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome again to another episode of Nine Cents. I'm your host, Adam Campbell. Today we're going to be talking about postmodern Satanism. We're going to discuss a couple tidbits of news, uh, scholarships for white men and protesting at funerals. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about Glenn Danzig's Black Aria. I'm pretty excited about this show today uh, because this is the first requested topic that I'll be addressing. Um, and uh, thank you, Lamar, for bringing this to my attention. I had never actually heard of this before. See, I've always been... Well, you know what? I'm getting a little ahead of myself. First, uh, how about I talk about what's been going on this past week? I've been working on a project uh, that I've actually been thinking about doing for a number of years. Uh, it's a children's book called How Crow Got a Scare Back. And the whole premise of it is uh, finding self-confidence within yourself rather than from external stimulus. Uh, and it's just my way of sort of um, providing a, a, a definitive satanic view in a very uh, easygoing way um, for an audience, you know, with a message that's appropriate for the audience, um, and it's uh, brought to the level to that audience. So it's going to be a picture book. I'm, I, this whole past week I've been sort of refining the writing with a friend, um, uh, Jennifer, and we've kind of been going back and forth on, on the particulars of, of the actual story to make sure that the actual message resonated as we intend it to. And then this weekend I started illustrating it. Uh, <laughs> kind of brings up a funny story. And as I'm prone, as I've done in every episode, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant here. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it in check a little bit. But it involves drinking. So when I um, start a project, what I like to do is uh, sort of, you know, free myself from external stimulus and just, you know, just engage myself in that activity solely closed off. Uh, so my uh, wife took my kids um, to visit their grandparents and I had the whole house to myself. Uh, I got a case of Guinness. I sat down, started cracking them open, and I started drawing, and I started painting. It was great. Then a friend of mine called. He wanted to hang out. I explained what I was doing, and he, you know, he's also an artist, so he came over, and we started, uh, um, you know, just talking while we were painting and sketching and, uh, uh, you know, just talking about philosophy and, and life and everything. It was actually a, a really cool moment. So I'm, at this point, really, really drunk. Uh, and I don't mind because it, it sort of just takes me out of, what's going on, you know, immediately around me, and I can just sort of focus in on what I'm doing, uh, albeit, albeit uh, in, a, in a fuzzy way, I suppose you could say. <laughs> you know, so it takes me a little bit longer to do things, but I seem to enjoy it more. And I was watercoloring, so I had to wait for paint to dry, um, for the water to, to dry on the, on the paper often. So it, it didn't really detract from the process. Um, so, I'm completely drunk, my friend and I are just sort of BSing and painting, and I hear this knock at the door, and I wasn't expecting anyone. I go to the door, and it's my parents, who had made plans with me weeks before to visit my uh, my daughter, and uh, I had no idea that they were coming. And every time I see my parents, when I've been drinking, it reminds me of uh, all those years ago when I was a child. Uh, in high school, uh, I was in this um, garage band with some friends, and I would always hide my drinking from them. And so that's sort of the mental frame that I kicked right back into uh, <laughs> when I opened the door and I saw my stepdad standing right there. Hey, how's it going, Adam? Uh, it was it was pretty disastrous, I should say. Um, one, they didn't get to see their their granddaughter, which you know sucks. Um, but everyone except for them, obviously had forgotten about them coming over. Um, and then, you know, I sort of hung out with them a little bit while I was drunk, which was, it is always a weird thing. You know, I would mentioned this in a previous episode, that my parents are actually kind of um, well, pretty religious and, and certainly not in my way. So, you know, for them to sort of see me in that way 
uh, is, is always a little bit uh, disconcerting. Because I feel, you know, they don't say anything. They're polite enough to just sort of take me for me being me uh, in, in whatever the circumstance. But I can see what their eyes are telling me and, and how they're feeling. And, you know, on one hand, it's like, you know, they, they, they help raise me. And so I'm absolutely appreciative of that. But I don't want you fucking judging the motherfucking house. And so it was just sort of this weird, uncomfortable, and the whole time uh, my buddy was, uh, you know, messed up. And, and he was sort of just introverted while they were around. And it was, it was really awkward. And, and it, it lasted a little bit longer than maybe it should have. But I, I kind of felt obliged to uh, at least talk to him for a minute. I mean, they did drive all that way to see our kids that weren't even there. Um, okay, so that's sort of what I was doing this this past week and weekend. It was, uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, head over to uh, The Devil's Advocate and get into the uh, meat and potatoes, as it were, of this episode. Oh, and a quick technical note. The camera keeps readjusting every, I think it's 10, 15 minutes, just auto-focusing. And I actually fixed it once, but a firmware update sort of reversed what I had manually adjusted, and, and now I'm sort of having troubles turning it off. So if that's going on, you know, bear with me if you're listening, uh, if, if you're watching on Ustream or you're watching on NineSensePodcast.com website. Um, and if you're hearing this on the podcast, I'm probably going to cut it out, so it won't fucking matter. So let's go ahead and move over to the episode. all right that's a little bit too long i i will concede that um and i've been running with it for a little bit because i've, I've had so many other things kind of going on right now that uh, I haven't had an opportunity to go back and revisit these um, these drops for each of the segments. Um, but, welcome to The Devil's Advocate. This is where I talk about all things Satanism, Church of Satan, um, and things related to Satanism. Behavior, topics. Today, we're talking about postmodern Satanism. Now, I, I had never heard about this before it was suggested to me. And I kind of wish I never had so um, I'm not going to even give you the author's name. You can look it up online, um, check out Lulu. There's actually um, a, a small booklet that was offered, compiled, about the topic. Um, and it's got a couple good reviews. It's like 174 pages or some such. I got 70 pages in, and I wanted to just really throw it out the window had it been a physical book. And that's not to say that the writing was bad. It's not to say that the topic in and of itself, like the content, was necessarily bad. It's sort of what it does and says about Satanism that I have a problem with. So let's start just with the name. Uh, in case you don't know, and I, I hope I'm not talking down to anyone, but postmodernism is a movement that breaks, obviously, from the modernist movement. Um, and I'm assuming the author intended this as uh, breaking from the modernist view of Satanism. But I kind of have a problem with that premise. Because that implies, titling anything modern, that there was something before it that sort of preceded it in that same vein. So when you're talking about art, modernist art breaks away from the old conventions of artists, say, from the classical era. There was no Satanism before Anton LaVey created it. Now, certainly there are traits and there are uh, thought processes and there are um, uh, theories and uh, philosophies that separately Anton LaVey put together to help 
forms Satanism as a structure, as a, a conscious movement, but in and of themselves, they weren't. So, for him to say postmodern Satanism is literally trying to deconstruct something that was never really constructed in the first place, because there is no modernist version of Satanism. Unless he's talking about something that isn't Satanism. And this is sort of where the lines start to blur a little bit, and things get a little bit confusing, and certainly they do for me, because the idea of, of variations on a theme are certainly prevalent in, in churches such as the Christian church. You have hundreds, hundreds of different sects and individual churches and branches of churches and they're all still Christian, but they all have certain takes on their scriptures and on their um, behaviors, uh, traditions. Well, Satanism doesn't. There is quite literally Satanism, and then there is not Satanism. And so when I started reading this, I quickly realized that not only was the title pointless, completely meaningless, uh, because the content had nothing not only to do with Satanism, but no version of Satanism that uh, anyone would be able to recognize. And, you know, just to break momentarily about this, you know, stuff like this, topics uh, presented like this, as if there's an authority of Satanism within them, or they're going to treat it with some sort of respect and then they don't, damages the core of what Satanism is. Not for us, not for us Satanists, because that doesn't matter. We we know the reality behind it. But to the general public, and on one hand, you could say, well, who fucking cares what the general public thinks? And on the other hand, uh, it can only cause harm, as I see it, to us as individuals uh, and our organization by misrepresenting it. And certainly in this uh, really pathetic manner. So let me break down uh, what I took away from the postmodern Satanism uh, portion that I read. And like I said, you know, I didn't read the last hundred pages. Um, I did skim them, and it. Let me let me start here. Postmodern Satanism should not be called postmodern Satanism. Postmodern Satanism should be called Eastern mysticism, because that's exactly what it is. It has nothing, nothing to do with Satanism, certainly not the way we understand Satanism to be, certainly not the way Anton LaVey created Satanism. Postmodern Satanism has everything to do with spiritual awareness and awakening. It has everything to do with clarity through meditation and becoming one with what he refers to, the author refers to, as the Satanic and Luciferian forces. Now, he, he, he starts talking about not only, um, I just want to give a shout out, i got a viewer in the chat room, hey, how's it going? Uh, he, he starts talking not only about uh, sort of alternate reality within dimensional consciousness, um, but then he also uh, breaks into uh, the ideas of um, uh meditation in order to reach that conscious level. What I'm against is the idea of, of him tying that to our organization in any way, shape, or form, and just by using the word Satanism, he's doing that. And then the pretentiousness of writing a novel about mysticism, calling it Satanism, and then <laughs> that, that wonderful thing that all... Um, uh, individuals with delusions of grandeur do, they say, oh, no, 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 don't worship me, because I give this gift of knowledge to you that I have created. Don't worship me for it. I want you to come to your own understanding. I don't want to be held up to the lofty heights of priest or pope. Bull fucking shit. There's no way you'd be writing this shit if that was the case. If you really just wanted it for your own and to help enlighten other people, you'd probably do it a lot like a yoga master, where you'd keep it localized in your own area, and it would be sort of a word-of-mouth thing that people would eventually come to you. 
But simply by saying that you don't want to be worshipped, you are telling people that you want to be worshipped. It, it, it's a really pathetic sort of way to um, reverse <laughs> apply reverse psychology to an audience. And it's, one, it's insulting the audience because you're being disingenuous. Uh, and two, what you're espousing, the tenets of your philosophies are not your own. You know, what he's done is taken what other people have done in various other uh, occult belief systems, but primarily Islamic Judeo-Christianity. He literally quotes the Bible in this fucking thing. As if it were reality. So, let's ignore the complete manufacturing that the Bible is. The complete history of what it is. And let's pretend, in this delusional world that this guy lives in, that it is actually a definitive manuscript of truth. You're going to quote it as if you're some sort of Satanist to prove that that's a path that Satanists must go on of self-discovery through Satan? Do you know nothing about Satanism at all? It's really maddening. So I, I'm, I'm reading this. He's talking about how grouping is a, a sad state and that real Satanists should be all isolationists. And yeah, it's true that some Satanists are quite isolationists. And they want to be that way because they're more comfortable in their own skin. They want to control their environment totally. Awesome. No problem with that. But to say that that's the de facto way of being is not only absurd, um, it's just ignorant to perception that each individual holds. I'm actually starting to get kind of angry here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pace myself a little bit. I hope you understand. And I keep looking down here at the screen because I, I took some notes on uh, specifics that he brought up that I wanted to sort of address. I'm not going to go too in-depth about it because, you know what, read it for yourself. You may have a completely different take than I did. Um, he, he goes to great length, the author, in acting out that he's not trying to talk down to you all the while. Um, it seems like he's trying to talk down to you. Uh, through the voice of, of the, the pamphlet. Um, okay, so the obvious, he, he references Satan as a physical or spiritual being. More importantly, as a, as a, 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 a dimensional reality to our, our planet. Um, it's, it's a little bit off, but the idea stands that as, as he states, Satan sort of rules the earth because he's been banished to the earth, and so he is of the earth. And so the earth, as we understand it, because we're on the earth and we are of the earth, we are of Satan. Um, but he still refers to it as a sort of spiritual being that you can channel. Um, so it's, you know, and I, I'm not really doing it justice here, I don't think, um, but he really is pulling in a whole lot of, of, of Eastern philosophy and, and Eastern um, mythology into this postmodern Satanism structured idea of his, if you can call it structured, because it's really not. Um, he continually compares Satanism justifying his ideals through the Bible and the Quran, which just blows my mind. Uh, he, he says that reality is, is fact. There is no perception to it. There is no gray area in it. Um, which is just, you have to be fucking retarded and blind. I mean, reality is nothing but perception. Um, he tries to equate uh, the outer darkness as scientific reality, mixing spirituality with reality. Now, this is nothing new to, to what he's written here. Um, it, it's nothing new to any Satanist that has any education in, in religion or philosophy, um, or even a, a high school education in science. But um, to, to try to pull it all together, it seems to be reaching a little bit. Um, let's see. The So, when in, in the first pages of the book, he talks about Satanism as it's been 
practice, and we refers to it as nothing more than angry agnostics. Um, and I'm paraphrasing; I didn't actually um, write down the, the exact quote of his. Uh, I don't really want to do it justice by giving you an exact quote here, but he said that really all Satanists are um, are are atheists who wear a bad guy badge. And then the irony is. He's literally preaching um, Eastern mysticism with the bad guy badge because there's no connection with anything he's talking about with anything that has anything to do with Satan except for the fact that we're on Earth and that is the realm of Satan, as he puts it. Um, once again, using the Quran and, and the fucking Bible to back it up. It is so fucking retarded. I'm actually almost speechless about this. But I'm going to leave it there. I suggest if you ever want to read about it, and don't just take my word for it, I'm going to do, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do a little bit of LeVar Burton here. A little reading rainbow. Don't take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. And if you can get past 70 pages, you're a better person than I. Because there's only so much shit I can swallow before I start to puke. Infernal Informants up next. Warriors of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, all in the infernal informant. All in the infernal informant. Today we're going to be talking about a couple articles I saw um, while checking out the news this week, this past week. Uh, a Texas group to offer college scholarships to white men. This is a Reuters article. Uh, and it goes into detail about how, I say it goes into detail, it's, it's really actually short and brief and just sort of skims over what would normally not be a story at all, except that they apparently had to put something up on the page. So Colby Bonin, a student at Texas State University in San Macros, and some pr friends had formed the nonprofit Former Majority Association for Equality which will provide the scholarships for exclusively white men. Um, their premise is that, uh, well, let me just say, the idea was that there are many scholarships geared toward helping minorities and women attend college, and there are also scholarships for people of certain religions or from certain families, but Bohannon thought his demographic group was missing. He quotes, or I, I quote him, uh, we know that we're going to be receiving some vicious attacks from people claiming that we are racists or promoting some bigotry-filled agenda, uh, behind and said on Thursday. Uh, and just to give you an idea, this isn't like corporate white men dumping tons, thousands of dollars onto people with their uh, bigoted agendas. This is literally small time here. Um, they're talking about uh, they plan to provide as many as five $5,000 or $500 scholarships to deserving white men with, who have at least a 3.0 grade point average. That's not a lot of money. Um, so this really seems uh, much ado about nothing, if you ask me. So let's sort of, let me go over the idea of targeted scholarships, meaning providing money to a specific demographic uh, to help them because they're from that demographic. Now, obviously, historically speaking, um, this has been done for minorities or people who are uh, less than capable of coming up with the money or ever paying back the money themselves. And so they work really hard um, to reach a certain GPA, uh, jump through a few hoops, writing essays and such, and then they submit to X organization, and if they meet the details specified, they get a bunch of money, and they can actually go better themselves through education. I see nothing wrong with that at all. Um, a lot of people have uh, significant issues with minorities being able to sort of promote themselves. But <laughs> if they didn't, if they weren't there, no one fucking would. That's why they were forced to do that, to educate their own people, so to speak, their own cultural or, or nationality of blood people. 
Um, and the fact that this guy is doing it for white men, I think, is honestly quite fucking overdue. I, I'm not one of those fucking white guys that says, oh, we are, we're, we're stepped on, we're spit on, and, you know, the middle class white man has nothing for him and nothing going for him. Because quite frankly, I don't think that's true at all. I, and, and this isn't even just coming as a Satanist. Just as a white man in our society, we have every opportunity presented to us. The only thing that stops us is our own dumbass behavior. We are the only thing stopping us from actually advancing in a career, in education, uh, in a social ladder that of our choosing. We are it. We're the only thing stopping us. We don't have other groups stopping us. What we do, <laughs> and I say we, I don't mean you and I, I mean uh, sort of as a group, we have historically stopped other people from doing that. And it's true. It sucks. It's reality. And so that forces these other minorities to come up. No, I think it's a good idea. I totally went left field there. I think it's a good idea because um, I think everyone in every demographic group should be able to uh, help whomever they want. And uh, in this case, it's white men from this, this group here. Um, for whatever reason they want. You know, I mean, maybe he's doing it because it gives him a hard-on. Maybe he's doing it because maybe he's a, a closeted racist and he's trying to get the white man back in power. You know, whatever it is, but he has a fucking right to do that. And people are coming out blatantly and saying that, you know, this is a racist thing that he's doing. Um, uh... People are asking in the comments here below the article, um, you know, whether they have to prove that they're from England or Scotland, how far do they have to go to prove that they're white people. Um, and, and uh, you know, he says, we're not looking, and I'm quoting, we're not looking for blonde-haired, blue-eyed, stereotypical white males. My feeling is that if you can say you're 25% Caucasian, you're Caucasian enough for us. <laughs> I almost said, you're Caucasian enough for us. <laughs> awesome. You know what? I, why is this even news? Why Why does anyone... I can't help but think this is like a level of reverse bigotry. <laughs> and I say reverse bigotry. And that, that doesn't even make any sense at all. I mean, it's a form of bigotry right back on, on this small group of white men trying to help uh, other as they put it, non-Hispanic whites in the state of Texas. How, how can opposition to this be anything but bigotry? We are all bigoted in our own ways, whether it's for a specific ethnic background or whether it's for a specific uh, social behavior or, or, or a fucking appearance. You know, I have this fucking shitty facial hair going on. You may hate me just for that. Um, but that shouldn't, certainly in our American society, stop me from being able to grow this shitty facial hair that I got going on. You know what I mean? You picking up what I'm putting down? So, um, I, I just, I wanted to bring that out to our uh, satanic ears. Because uh, I, I just think it's a little bit retarded that um, people are all up in arms about white men trying to help other white men. Why don't we focus on the negative if we're going to focus on someone other than ourselves? Why focus on someone trying to help each other? It just doesn't make much sense to me. And I'll tell you what, though $500 means next to nothing. That's literally three school books. You know, course books. Um... Any any little bit while you're in college fucking helps. I mean, you, you're tearing up ramen and water for sustenance. So 500 bucks, you know, it, it can really help a brother out. So let's help a brother out. Because <laughs> if you're 25% Caucasian, you're Caucasian enough for us. <laughs> I don't even know why I think that's so funny. Um, okay, so what's the next one? 
anti-gay church's right to protest at military, military funerals is upheld. This is on the CNN article. The Supreme Court has just, well, first of all, let me say, it was the Westboro Baptist Church that protested uh, a U.S. military soldier, uh, his funeral. They had signs uh, saying, thank God for dead soldiers, um, pray for more dead soldiers, because their, their belief is that God is punishing America for its tolerance to homosexuality and homosexuals. Um, I gotta tell you, I'm not gay and I take fucking offense to this shit. First of all, I take offense to it because it's a, a Christian church forcing their ridiculous concepts onto um, an audience that doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, I mean, this is the reality in America. This is freedom of speech in its purest form. And that's actually what the, the um, Supreme Court came to rule. Um, because initially, when the father sued the church, the father of the dead soldier who was being buried, uh, he won the court case. Um, the Baptist Church, the Westboro Baptist Church, took it to the Supreme Court, and they overruled it under free speech. There was one dissenter, and the concept behind that dissent was there should be limits to free speech. Um, I think that's fucking bullshit. Now, here's my take on this. I don't agree with the Westboro Baptist Church's philosophies. Certainly not their religion. I'm a fucking Satanist, and they're disgusting, bigoted Christians. Um, but, and isn't that, I just, I just think that's so funny. It's, if, if you are a, a Christian, by definition, you should be following the teachings of your prophet, Christ, and you, like, talk tolerance and stuff. Anyway, um, I guess that doesn't really matter. I just think it's it, it's so funny because it's blatant, open hypocrisy, and no one fucking cares. Of course, the Westboro Baptist Church isn't so much as a church as it is a family claiming tax-exempt status. Um, they don't really have a congregation outside of their small little uh, clan. <laughs> I guess you could actually accurately say. Um, no, as far as I know, they're not racist. They're just, they're just bigoted. Um, and you know what? It doesn't even matter. I mean, they have that right to be that way, to think that way. Uh, I just thought it was a little absurd. At what point do you stop or do you think freedom of speech should be curtailed, if at any point? Now, obviously, these people at the funeral, the, the parents and family and friends of the fallen soldier, um, had a right to mourn in their own way, in the environment of their choosing. And I guess, I mean, there's no way they would have, excuse me, been able to know that that group was going to protest them, so they couldn't have set up proper security measures or, um, you know, asked for uh, police backup to, you know, sort of push them away from uh, earshot, I guess. <clears throat> but I think I think what bothered them more was the idea, because the soldier wasn't even gay. Um, it was just a dead U.S. soldier who, uh, you know, was sort of being painted in that light by these crazy protesters. I think um, no matter what, free speech should be upheld, no matter what. And that means that my personal satanic viewpoints are going to be shut down a lot and shouted out a lot. And I'm fucking okay with that, because that also means that I have a voice, that I'm not like so many of our forebears um, killed because I have a different point of view or a different perspective on what, uh, what reality means and what reality is. Um, it's the only thing that stops them from really shutting out anyone, them being Islamic Judeo-Christians.
um, shutting out anyone that doesn't believe in this one holy deity uh, that they made up. Um, and, you know, I, I could not live in that manner. Um, I would have a, a really hard time faking it. Something I've never done. Even as, as a young kid before I understood what it was that I understood and understand now about Satanism and what I believe. I was always different. And I never tried to conform. And either should you. Neither should anyone. You should always be who you are. Um, and that means telling the Westboro Baptist Church to shut the fuck up. Sit the fuck down and preach to people who want to hear it. Because the rest of us, you know what? We don't care if you're dead. We don't care if you get hit by a car. We don't care if, say, an airplane flies into your church. It doesn't fucking matter to us. You mean nothing. You are nothing. So join the rest of you Judeo-Christian Islamics and stay in your steeple. Love your neighbor all you want. Um, the rest of us out here want to live our lives without your insane rhetoric being forced onto us. Um, alright, so that's my, uh, free speech. Speech. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move over into, uh, Creature PJ. The sky is dark, moon piercing the night. Through the trees, the damsel in distress comes, breaking through the underbrush, fear painted on her face. The darkness hunting her is near. She is swamp, water slowing her escape. The creature nears, the damsel turns, hands rising to her sides as a last effort to thrust the creature back. Welcome to Creature Feature. Creature Feature. I've got to redo that that spot. Um, I really actually do like it, but I kind of want to add a little bit. I don't know, better voice acting maybe. <laughs> I, I'm mad enough to admit my shit's not up to par yet, uh, by a long shot. So today I'm going to talk uh, in this creature feature about Glenn Danzig's Black Aria. Now there's a little snippet of it at the top of the show that I open with, um, and uh, that's going to be going here soon. So enjoy it while you can. Black Aria for me is an out. Al- well, first of all, the album was released in 1992. It ranked number one in the classical music charts. It is, uh, I guess you could say, an ode to. Um, there's no to Paradise Milton's Paradise Lost. The idea of the angelic Lucifer being cast out of heaven in the war and his sort of settling into to earth and hell, and mankind. And then there's a couple of songs on the tail end inspired by uh, some pagan Celtic myths. Um, but it, it actually got to the top of the charts, of classical charts in that year, um, because of the quality. I've used this song many times in rituals, and it's never, never let me down. It is, it is powerful. It is something that I never would have expected from uh, Glenn Danzig certainly when it first came out. Yeah, I'd listen to him in The Misfits, um, Danzig, obviously, later. Um, and then uh, it wasn't actually until after that point that I started listening to Sam Hain a little bit. Um, it was always a little raw for me. Um, not really processed very well. But um, Black Aria, it brings it in a, in a big, bad way. Uh, up until I discovered that album, I was relying on um, J.S. Bach, um, to God and Fugue, um, a lot of his organ works uh, had a lot of good emotional background to him. Uh, some Beethoven, Holst, um, uh, just a bunch of uh, select individual clips of um, different uh, composers and, and their individual works. Uh, but with Black Aria, it is literally beginning to end emotion power packed music and it, it it will help you focus your energy in the uh, decompression chamber it will help you just just really bring about whatever it is you're searching for and i say that as if you know it, it's gonna wax your car and give you a hummer uh, and it will oh yes it will <laughs> in, in its own way you know what I mean? um anyway if you haven't ever heard it I suggest you pick it up. It is great for the ritual chamber. And if you have heard it, but not in a long time, 
pop it in. Get a cigar, your favorite drink, beer, whiskey, whatever your poison is. Um, and just sit back and sort of uh, rest your head in Glenn Danzig's arms. It, it is, uh, that actually sounded kind of creepy. Don't, don't do that. Uh, he's a bit of a hairy guy. It might be a little awkward, a little weird. Uh, but the music speaks for itself. It is true, pure emotion. Fantastic. Um, so, you know, that's that's my creature feature. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be bringing up a new segment here, and I'm trying to decide whether it's going to break into creature feature or whether it's going to break into the devil's advocate. It's going to be, so you think you know a Satanist, uh, where I um, interview just random Satanists that want me to interview them or are willing to let me invade their lives for the briefest of moments and, you know, maybe do like a 10-minute interview with them or something. And then I'll play it. Um, of course, you know, I'll do that on Skype or something and then I'll paste it in on the podcast here live on Ustream or in the actual um, uh, MP3 when I generate that uh, on Mondays. Uh, so I guess it's going to depend on whether or not it's the individual Satanist is like... Uh, I guess more of the religious side of it, or whether he's more of, or her, uh, she's more of the creative side of it. So I guess it'll go either way. Um, but pretty soon we're supposed to be getting that drop from Blind with Rain, and I'm looking forward to. Um, so I'm going to have to bring him on the show and uh, talk to him about it. Let's go into some bizarre of the bizarre. I've got some manscaping tips here for you. This is more of a PSA <laughs> with. Uh, a little bit of uh, neurovasectomy speech. <laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, so, yeah, here's a drop. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the bazaar of the bazaar. <laughs> Every fucking time, man. Every fucking time. Alright, so the bizarre, the bizarre. This is a PSA about manscaping. Now, I know some of you are ardent Harrists. You love having that 70s bush down there. You can comb it out with a pick and you love it. This isn't really for you. This is for those people that want some hair down there, but want it a little nicer. More like a, a well-tended yard. And as I see it, the better you tend to your yard, the more often someone's going to be walking in it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, if you're going to be trekking through a jungle, maybe you want someone to go through it with a machete before you do. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll help, maybe. A little tip. Escape a little. But the manner in which you do it, this is the, the meat of our discussion. The first time I ever uh, did this, you know, I was, I was actually in the Army when I first uh, even thought of this at all, and it, it was actually another soldier that brought it up to me. We were going to the showers. Um, uh, we were on a maneuver, so we had to walk over to the shower tent. Um, and he was telling me on the way there, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I, I, I shaved, and I don't want other people to, to see because he shaved all the way. I mean, like, freshly, shrewd, <laughs> like, totally everything gone. Um, so he, he looked like a little boy or something down there. Um, so he ended up just facing the wall, but it got me to thinking, like, wow, maybe I should start thinking about doing this, too. I mean, am I the only one not doing it at this point? So I was a little worried that a razor, and, and he told me that, you know, razors are fine. It, they follow the contour and everything. But I was personally worried. Um, I just, you know, sacks are what sacks are. Um, they vary by model and make and age, <laughs> but I, I just didn't want to get a razor caught down there. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't want to like <laughs> cut open the sack and then have like a protruding nut from my sack because I was trying to manscape or something. I mean, that doesn't sound good at all. Uh, so I decided to go with scissors instead, and the rational mind would be saying that's fucking worse. And you would be right. But I wasn't rational at all when I did this. And there, <laughs> there's there's something to be said about manscaping. Because, you know, you have your cock in the way. And, you know, uh, a note, this is not for kids to be hearing. I'm going to be using some adult language and terms. 
um, and talking about things. Um, I hope you don't have any fucking kids listening to this at the moment. But in case they're in the background, uh, you may want to turn this off now and just pick up the podcast later because I'm going to be really kind of raw and open about this. Um, so you have your cock in the way, assuming you have a cock. I mean, if you're a girl doing this, well, I guess some of you may have a cock. I mean, you wouldn't really be a girl, but kind of, if that's your, you know, how you express yourself. Uh, so that may apply to you, but for the rest of you, just sort of ignore this part. But there is still that sort of craning your head over and down. So if you have a, you know, you got a cock in the way, you got to fucking use literally your wrist or something to, to pull it back because you have to have your hands, one hand with the, in my first case, big fucking mistake, and I'll never do it again, scissors, and the other hand was adjusting your sack. Um, it's not so easy. And it certainly takes practice. <laughs> I mean, there, there's actually a point where you find yourself, like, your leg is up here, and, and you're, like, fucking down here. You feel like a contortionist. You should be joining, like, Jim Rose Circus or, or Ringling Brothers or something. And just at that moment, you hope, hope no one walks in the door or something to see you like this. Or, or peeks in the shower and says, hey, what are you doing? What's taking so long? Because that could be a nightmare of itself. So the first time I'm, I'm doing this, I, I'm trying to fucking manage the eight different things that I'm trying to manage. Um, I don't have eight different things. You get the point here. <laughs> so I, I've got the scissors, and I'm like, like, like rolling and like trying to get like the furthest away from you, and then you're just like keeping a, a good level of distance between you and the scissors, and you're just sort of trimming a little bit. And I started getting in a pattern. I, I was starting to get confident. And then sort of your, your junk starts to react. So, you know, just briefly, let me like sort of break this story here. There's like the central nervous system that allows your brain to communicate with the rest of your body. Well, your cock and your, your nuts have like a direct line up there. So they bypass everything else so they can get direct messages to and from, so they're reacting a lot faster than you, so it's almost like, like there's a snake, like, popping his head out with this one fucking eye, trying to see what you're doing, like, what are you, what are you cutting down here, this is where I live, what's wrong with you, man, and the whole time you're trying to push it back, because it's fucking moving, and like, I mean, it's, okay, this, this may be sounding a little bit weird, like, I have some, like, animal down there, or something, but I don't, anymore, no, I'm just kidding, so, I, you know, it's, it's like maneuvering around and you're like trying to push it away as you're trying to maneuver everything else and then snip the very end of the scissors, just clip the end of my skin. And it was a moment of pure terror. I didn't want to look at what happened. I pulled my hands away. I dropped everything. The scissors clattered, echoed in the fucking bathroom. My cock was hanging over the snippet, but I did see a little bit of blood, and I fucking lost my shit. I jumped in the shower as if I'm going to relive the psycho scene or something. There's blood swirling in the fucking drain, which is just making my mind go even worse. I used to watch that show and freak out a little bit as a little kid. Now I'm seeing it in fucking color, live in person. <laughs> And I pull it back, and I'm looking, and there's this little tiny, tiny flap of skin, but it's enough to just, like, a <laughs> calling out to my wife, um, um, I need some help, holy shit, ah, it didn't end up being that bad. I overreact. <laughs> I tend to do this from time to time. I'm known for overreaction. Uh, but, uh, I have a scar. It's uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. So I immediately moved to razors. So the PSA here, after all of this TikTok, is uh, don't use scissors, kids. Use razors because they do <laughs> go along the contour of your skin very nicely. Um, and scissors is just a bad fucking idea. Even clippers, I think. Um, I mean, you know, you, you can trim back with clippers, but don't try to get in there. You know what I mean? Don't try to get in there with, with clippers. That's, that's asking for fucking clips. Like, catching your skin and shit. 
I mean, it just does it on your face. What do you, with looser skin? I mean, come on. Mm, mama, jeez. Alright, so that's it for the Bizarre of the Bizarre. And that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. Because this kind of shit is going to be continually coming every fucking week. Um, <laughs> and like I said before, um, and I'm going to say every fucking week. If you have any uh, recommendations, check out the Facebook or Ustream uh, pages. Or just send me an email. You can reach me at info at 9centspodcast.com. There's the Facebook page. Just search 9 podcast, Or send a, a Ustream comment or something that way, too. I actually don't check that that often, but I think I have it forwarded to my email, so I should get that as well. Um, you can learn more about the Church of Satan at churchofsatan.com. Uh, if you want to meet other Satanists, not only social networking sites like Facebook, but they have their own. That's right. Uh, the Undercroft, I say they, it's, it's owned, operating, and run by a, a Satanist, Magister Frost. So uh, satannet.com is where you're going to want to go. And if you want to hear other Satanists um, bullshit on into your ear like I am, uh, check out Radio Free Satan. It's certainly worthwhile. There are a lot of fantastic shows that are much better produced than mine, much more entertaining. I maybe shouldn't have said that because I want you to stay with me. So until next week, I'm your host Adam Campbell. Hail Satan.